0: That that question kept coming to my mind, and I felt like God wanted me to say it, but then I'm like, well, Christy just said all that, God, about trust. And so, um, but the other words just kind of went right along with that. And so, just keep your heart open. Listen for what he's going to say, listen for the voice within the voice. I don't know if you know what that means. Um, But sometimes when I'm watching a TV show or um, when I'm at a movie or when I'm even listening to a sermon, something will strike me that the, the person who's talking isn't even talking about, but it's like I get a picture of something completely different. I don't know if that happens to you. And so sometimes I'll make myself a note because I need to come back to that. And I don't want to, you know, the temptation as a public speaker is that whenever you get an idea, it's to, you know, write down and just start working on that. And so the temptation is there to do that. But uh, and I don't want to write a sermon while someone else is preaching a sermon. But I want to make sure I latch on to something that God is saying, because it's not always for a sermon. Sometimes it's for me. And I wanna come back to it. And so if you listen for the voice within the voice, it's not just the things that I say, but what is God saying to you in the things that we're saying today? And so just keep your heart open to that. But we've got video announcements coming up, so turn your attention to the screen.
1: 27, 19, Hup, hup. Welcome to Here on First. We are so glad you are here. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to thank you for being here by giving you a $5 gift card to Dairy Queen. Go long! Sorry, my numbers. House of Prayer, this Tuesday night at 6.30. If you need childcare, please contact Pastor Tom. Don't fumble up and miss it. All right guys, come in, huddle in, huddle in, huddle in. Wednesday evenings and Sunday afternoons, we have huddles. You don't wanna miss it. If you're not yet a part of one, please sign up on your Connect Card. You don't wanna miss it. Come on, come on. All right, let's break. Hey, first things first class coming up this next month. If you wanna know more about our team and the amazing road to victory that we're on, please sign up on your Connect Card to find out more information all day baby. You'll find a connect card in your program. Please fill that out and make sure you put it in the end zone. I mean, I'm off frame basket. Now let's open our Bibles and see what God has for us. <laughs> Touchdown!
0: Well, I guess Christina's prediction since the last thing we saw in that video was the eagle symbol. Um, I guess that's Christina's prediction for tonight, and uh, we'll see if that comes. We'll see if you're a prophet or if we need to stone you or something. I don't know, but uh, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and dismiss our kids uh, for junior Uh, for Kids Church, True Fire Kids Club in the back. And so parents, if you have not checked in your child yet, please make sure that you do that. I did confess to you last week that I was a bad parent and didn't know where my sticker was, but I know today. And, uh, And so I am doing better. By the way, I did find it last week. I didn't lose it. And so it just took a little while. But Um, I appreciate Pastor John. He would not release our child until we brought the sticker to him. And uh, some of you may say, well, why are we doing something like that? Because our desire is to keep our kids safe. And, uh, you know, there are things that happen in our world where people don't want kids to be safe. And there are family situations uh, where people actually will try to come into a church and take a child that uh, they don't have custody of in in those situations. And so we're not waiting until those situations arise to address them. We're addressing them now because we believe those situations will arise as our body grows. And so we're we're training all of us uh, to do that. And so if I don't get a pass, you don't get a pass either. So Make sure you have your sticker when you pick your kids up, and uh, then you can take them home. Now, don't lose your sticker on purpose because you want to leave your kids with us all day. Uh, that's not how this works. This is not free babysitting. And uh, if you don't have your sticker and you do lose it, because I know that happens, uh, we just you have to show photo ID, so just make sure that you have that. And please don't crucify uh, our workers. They're just doing what we ask them to do. So uh, keep your love on. This is the series that we've been in. Over the last uh, several weeks, and it goes with the book entitled Keep Your Love On that we're also studying in our our small groups and our huddles. There's only one more copy of the book in the back, and so you can pick that up if you want a copy of that. Um, We may order a few more if you want one, and there's none there. You can order it yourself off of Amazon or you can get it on your Kindle, and uh, there are options for that. Excuse me as well. But we've talked about putting our love on, we've talked about what it means to be a powerful person. And, uh, you know, when we talk about being a powerful person, it's not just being loud or, you know, who can be the most pushy or obnoxious. That's not biblically what powerful is. Um, Biblically, a powerful person is someone who's in control of themselves. And we've been given the Holy Spirit and the spirit of self-control to always be able to be in control of ourselves. Whether or not the people around us are in control of themselves doesn't matter. You know, I don't get a pass if someone around me is acting out of control. I don't get a pass to to also act out of control because they did it first. Okay, that's not really how the the gospel works. And so getting this identity in Christ and who we are and knowing that we're powerful people. Uh, And then we went into the idea that the goal of our relationships is connection. All of our relationships uh, are connection. And I want to remind you again that the things we're learning Uh, We are fighting the desire to become therapists. Um, If we can maybe bring this mic down just a little bit, because I'm like, I feel like I'm whispering, and it's really loud, and so I know I'm going to get more excited as we go, and I I don't want to freak anyone out. And so uh, resist the urge to be a therapist. Um, You know, we're not giving you information so that you can go around telling people what their problems are, okay? That's not what this is about. This is about empowering us. Okay, you can know what's going on in someone's life, and that will change how you react to them based on your knowledge, not for you to say, hey, this is your problem, we've been studying that, okay, because in fact, we're going to find out today, the moment you tell someone, hey, this is your problem, the defenses go up and communication stops, okay, so this is all about us today, this is about owning who we are. Um, We're also making sure that we don't overreact to the truths that we hear, What happens many times when we hear a new truth, maybe something that's new to us, there is no new truth, it's all been there, but sometimes it gets neglected to the point where we forget it. And uh, then we overemphasize the truth. It's like we forget that there's other truths, and we just hone in on this one truth, and it's all about this one truth. You know, for some people, they were raised in a way that said, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak anymore, and, um, you know, that was just for the days of the apostles. There's no signs and wonders anymore. And they come to a realization that that's not what the Bible teaches. That's a neglected truth in their lives, and they get excited about it. Maybe they experience a healing, or maybe they experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what happens? happens is they get so excited about this truth that's neglected that that's all they talk about. Instead of taking the neglected truth that's been revealed to them and putting it in all of the truth that they know and figuring out how to now apply this, they sometimes jump way over there and this is the only truth. And then they start getting in fights with people trying to convince them about this truth and it all becomes about this truth, and we want to keep that from happening, okay? So take the things that you learn, apply them to the other truths that you know, and begin to walk those things out. Uh, We've talked about communicating love and connection through the the love languages that we have, trying to dispel fear in our relationships. A lot of times, um, fear causes us to react a certain way, and we have to recognize that and be in control of that. So that we don't respond out of fear, we always respond out of love. So we're trying to increase love in our relationships. Last week we talked about the seven pillars of relationships. Again, these are not saying that there are no other pillars in relationships. These are just biblical truths about relationships, okay? Now, from time to time as a pastor, people will come to me and say, well, you know, pastor, I just, you know, I want to know what the Bible says about something. I don't, I'm not interested in man's opinion." The interesting thing about that is the Bible has been translated by a group of men. Yeah, so, um, in, in, don't get me wrong, you know, we believe the Bible is infallible and we believe that there's an eternal truth there for us, but sometimes, you know, in order to be able to reject a certain truth, we just say, well, I don't want to know man's opinion. And we say things like, you know, well, pastor, I'm not going to really read this book because it doesn't use scripture. Let me tell you something. The Pharisees used Scripture, and they missed the Messiah. Okay? Because the Pharisees didn't base their lives on the foundation, the biblical truths of the whole book. Okay? They were just trying to pick and choose some Scriptures to defend what they wanted to do and to defend what they didn't want to do. And so you can use Scripture and miss God. You can't. Now, I'm not in any way trying to exalt any book that has ever been written over the counsel of God's Word. And if a book that we read or study contradicts God's Word, throw that thing out, okay? Even if it makes you feel good, and even if it looks like it produces good fruit in your life, if it contradicts the Word of God, throw it out, because in the end, it leads to death. I mean, it may cause something to spring up quickly in your life, but I promise you in the end it will lead to to death. And so, you know, if if your fear is that we're somehow getting off of the Bible, we're, we're not. Because the Bible says, love one another, okay? And so all I'm doing is preaching love one another over and over and over and over and over again until we get it. Well, actually, we're going to stop in a few weeks, whether we've gotten it or not. And my prayer is by the time we get there, we've gotten most of it, and we keep growing in it and applying it. You're not going to become a relationship expert, and all of your relationships are not going to be healed at the end of this, this session okay, or at the end of these sermons. You're going to get some tools to walk out for the rest of your life. Okay, and so uh, this isn't going to be the pattern for our lives for the rest of it. So those of you that were nervous and think you need to find a new church that preaches the Bible, uh, please don't do that. Because again, I feel like these things are grounded in the scripture and we're just trying to help us learn to communicate better with one another that we love each other. And so today we're going to start a conversation that's going to last for two weeks about communicating in love. Um, I believe it's chapters 4, 5, and 6 in the book that deal with Communication. It might be five, six, or seven, and seven but um, in fact, I think it's five, six, and seven because chapter five was our assignment for today, and uh, and so chapter five, six, and seven deal with communication, healthy communication, tools for communication, and so we're going to start that conversation today, and we're going to finish it up next week. And I'm going to give you some things that aren't in the book, and we're going to talk about some things that are in the book. And if you want a fuller grasp of this, you're going to have to read the things that are in the book and discuss it together in your groups and uh, try to to put those things together. But I. I want to start with these two two verses, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Um, I have a very sharp wit and sharp tongue. Um, in fact, you know, if you were in watch your mouth today, um, as the, the man shared his story about the way they talked, uh, that's the environment I grew up in. And so if you're watching this live stream from, you know, where I grew up, this isn't a judgment. This is, you know, I'm just speaking. And so, um, so please don't hold it against me. In fact, the Bible says you can't, um, but I grew up in an environment much like that, where we, we made cutting remarks at each other. And we oftentimes, you know, we're just joking. Hey, I'm Just joking. Just joking. Um, and it really is the culture. And until I got out of the culture and came way out here into Minnesota nice. Okay, I know Minnesota nice is Minnesota, but it's like everybody out here. Um, we're all nice. But here's the thing. Um, the, everyone here may be nice to your face, Okay? But not always really nice when they're behind your back. And back there, people just at least said it in the open. And so we've all got some, some flaws in how we deal with this, okay? So out here, we claim to be Minnesota nice, but behind closed doors, it's like we're a different person sometimes. Okay? So at least out there, you kind of knew where you stood with people. But neither of those are right. Okay? And I loved his story about... I couldn't call people stupid anymore because that's not who they are. That's not truth. Well, they sure are acting stupid, but the truth is they're not stupid. The truth is we're not what we behave as. God created us for something different. And that's something that we really have to learn to process. And so uh, we could make cutting remarks at each other, but I'd rather be someone who's wise and brings healing. James chapter 1, understand this, dear friends, brothers and sisters, we must all be quick to listen. I don't like the word listen. We should be quick to hear. Um, Listen, I don't know, understand maybe would be a better word because it's not just, you know, with the ear, okay? Be quick to understand, not just hear the words. Slow to speak and slow to get angry. You know, we could spend the rest of our lives with just that one verse. (laughs) And really, every day of our lives, have to work toward that. Be quick to listen or quick to understand, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Then in Ephesians chapter 4... The Apostle Paul's writing to the Ephesians church and he says, we don't want to be infants. We don't want you to be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Okay, remember what I, what I just said? We don't, that's why we don't want to run way over there. You know, we want to take the truth that we're learning, apply it to the truth we already know. We don't want to get tossed back and forth by every new thing that we hear and we want to be steady. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice that each part has to do its work. If we're going to have a relationship together... Each part has to do its work. I can't do your work and you can't do my work. It's not your job to point out my work and not my job to point out your work. It's our job to do our work and maintain that connection in love. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. And then again, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Um, That means just deal with things that arise in your heart quickly. Because if you just brush it off or you just, you know, let it fester for a while, it's harder to uproot later. And so he says, learn to deal with things promptly. But do it in love. Now, That does not mean you go to someone and say, I love you, but you're a jerk. Okay, that's not speaking the truth in love. That's a judgment, okay? And many times, that's why we have to be slow to speak, but not so slow that that thing takes root in our hearts, okay? We have to process, we have to learn to choose our words carefully, and we have to speak In love, we have to speak truthfully. So we have to have this culture of love, this culture and attitude of love, which is selfless, which is sacrificial, which is giving. It's for the benefit of others. And so when I speak to you, it needs to be not just for my benefit, but also for your benefit as well. And so I have to learn the tools that I need to be able to speak that way, to communicate with you what's going on inside of me. Now, some of us don't want to communicate with others what's going on inside of us. And so guess what we're not doing? Our work. Well, you know, I'll just be like Jesus, and, you know, I'll just let other people have their way. Jesus didn't let anyone have their way. Jesus spoke the truth, he spoke it in love, he was not, he didn't let other people dictate what he did, he did what the Father told him to do, but he tried to maintain connection with everyone. I mean, he was hard on the Pharisees, but he ate meals with them. Do you ever notice that? I mean, I know that sometimes people were like, well, Jesus offended the Pharisees, and he also sat and had meals with them still, all the way through the end of his three years of ministry. And so we we like to use that as an excuse to try to offend people or hold people at a distance. But that's not what Jesus did. You really got to look at the life of Jesus and not just a few couple. You can't use scripture to just be offensive. I mean, you could if you want to, but that's not the point of what Jesus was trying to show. And so we speak the truth in love. Now, where do I get the truth about you? Do I get it from my own opinions of you? Do I get it from my own judgments of you? Or from my own observations of you? Or where does truth come from? Well, the Holy Spirit comes to guide us into all truth. So there is no truth apart from God. So if I'm going to know the truth about you, it's not just going to come from my own observations. It's going to come from Him. God, what do you want me to say in this conversation what do you see when you look at that person see you got to slow down for that to happen but here's the thing we can get better at this and we can do this a lot more quickly but maybe at the beginning it's like we got to like throw the brakes on and and learn this but this is important for us to understand this speaking the truth in love and what that looks like when it comes to communication The goal of communication. I want you to write this down. The goal of communication is not agreement. It's not agreement. The goal of communication is understanding. Understanding. Here's the thing. If I can only be in relationship with people I always agree with, I don't even know if I can be in relationship with myself. I mean, do you ever have conversations with yourself where you don't even know if you agree with what you're thinking right now or doing? I mean, you, it will be impossible to be in complete agreement with human beings. And so what we have to learn to do is listen, not for agreement, but for understanding. Conflict resolution is about trying to find a level of agreement. But communication is not. Communication is about listening for understanding. In 1 Peter chapter 3, one more scripture verse, and then I want to talk a little bit about the ways we communicate. Peter is talking about our human relationships on earth. He starts in chapter 2, verse 13, and he says, Submit yourselves to all governing authority. And from there, he talks about slaves and how you should act toward your masters, even your cruel masters, And then he talks about how um, masters should treat their slaves, and then how wives should treat their husbands, and how husbands should treat their wives. And then he comes to this verse, finally, or to sum it all up, all of you should be like minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, Repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, here's the thing. This is the word of God. Everyone hear this. Anytime someone curses us, and we return anything but blessing, we have violated God's law. Now, my identity is in Christ, okay? So I don't have to walk around in shame and guilt, but I cannot stay in that or defend that or say that's okay. And we want to. Because that other person was acting like a jerk. And so I get the right to be a jerk. Now, when you joined the kingdom of God, you laid aside the right to be a jerk. And everyone now gets the right to be a jerk except me. That's the kingdom. Now, I get to give you feedback about how your behavior affects me. But I'm in control of me. And so I don't have to do it like a jerk. I can do it in a biblical way, in a godly way, in a way that brings blessing and not curse. Now, this takes supernatural help, would you say? I mean, we, we all need that. That's why we need to pray. And so he sums it up with these things. Be of one mind, like-minded. When we read that, again, we read that like we have to agree. We have to be like-minded, we have to agree, we have to agree, we have to agree, we have to agree, we don't agree, we don't agree. I don't agree, so I have to leave, because I don't agree. But like-minded does not mean agree. Okay, I, I, I need to illustrate this. Is this still on? Okay, agreement is this. We're all playing the same note, we agree. Okay? This is what this verb this word means. Be harmonious it doesn't mean you all have to play the same note it means you have to say here's my note here's my note let's figure out how to make those harmonious because sometimes when we first talk about something that we disagree about it sounds more like this that's called discord Okay, but now we have to take that discord and find out how we can make it harmonious. We don't have to agree, but we do have to find a way to be like-minded, harmonious with one another. Okay, in all of our relationships, as much as it depends on me, live at peace with all men. So we have to make sure that we're not self-willed, that we're not demanding our own way, that we're not judging people that disagree with us. How many of you know there's more than one way to skin a cat? That's the phrase that we use. I know all you cat lovers hate me now, but the point of that phrase is, you know, your way is not the only right way. I mean, there are moral biblical absolutes that are absolute. We can't, we can't change them, but there are other things that we think our way is the right way, and there are actually more than one ways to do that. And we have to learn to be harmonious with one another. So we have to learn the difference between what's an absolute and where there's room for interpretation. Then he says, I want you to sympathize with one another. Be sympathetic. That means to be affected by like feelings. In other words, I have to understand how you're feeling in this situation. And that's going to be hard for me because I'm not you. And I'm not wired like you. In fact, we're like opposites. I mean, if you've been to Royal Family Kids Camp, you're a green and I'm a red. And that may go well together at Christmas, (laughs) but in a relationship, that's weird. It doesn't go well together because we have two different ways of looking at the world. But if I'm going to walk in the kingdom, then I've got to somehow listen for what's going on in you. And when I listen for what's going on in you, I have to be sympathetic. I have to say, hmm, I understand the feeling you're feeling. I have no idea why you're feeling it in this situation because when I look at that situation, I don't feel that. But I understand the feeling you're having. I've had that feeling. I've been sad before. I don't know why you're sad here, but I understand sadness. This makes you sad. Okay, I understand you feel sad. I don't agree that that should make a person feel sad, but I know it makes you sad. doesn't make me sad. See how that works? And now we have to figure out if we're going to be in a relationship and I do this, this makes you sad. I've got some processing to do. Because my goal is not for you to feel sad. I don't want you to feel sad. So I could tell you, well, that shouldn't make you feel sad. How's that work? <laughs> I mean, your feelings don't matter. How's that work? By the way, it's a lie to say feelings don't matter. Feelings do matter, but feelings don't lead us. They don't guide us. We don't get led by our feelings, but they do matter. Okay, so if that makes you feel sad, I have to communicate to you, I don't want you to feel sad. When I did that, I, never in, I didn't intend for you to feel sad. Forgive me. I apologize for making you feel sad. Would you forgive me? That wasn't what I wanted to do. Great. Okay, we're forgiven. Now we got to figure out what are we going to do. But that's for another chapter. Today, all we're going to do is make sure we communicate What's going on? We sympathize with one another. There has to be brotherly affection, okay? Be, love one another. That's the the word, that's not agape here. This is phileo, brotherly love. In other words, this isn't just a cold, calculated, okay, honey, let's sit down on the couch because we got to figure out how to communicate. So, you know, let's communicate. Okay, good. That makes you feel sad. Okay, well, it doesn't make me feel sad. So, yep. But I understand sadness. So, great. Okay, good. Okay, let's, good. Check. We've communicated, <laughs> okay? There's gotta be some level of emotional attachment, okay? Now, if, you, if you're carrying around a lot of hurt and baggage, I understand it's gonna take a little while for you to be able to give your emotion to someone, okay? Because you, you're, but it's not that person's fault, okay? You gotta own that. And you gotta find a way to process through that and connect emotionally with one another. And then there has to be humility. Humility means um, I understand who I am in Christ and I understand who you are in Christ. Meaning, I understand in this relationship I matter. My feelings matter, my thoughts matter, I matter. But I also understand that you matter and your feelings matter and your thoughts matter. And so we're gonna walk in relationship in humility with one another, then both of us have to come and understand we matter. Okay, now when it comes to communication styles, and you'll hopefully be able to make this connection. Hopefully I set that up well enough to make that connection. But the first communication style that he gives us in the book is passive communication. Passive communication says, you matter and I don't. On the outside, this looks like humility. So when I come and talk to you, I want you matter and I don't. And so I'll let you have your way because my way doesn't matter and I don't matter. But there can't be intimacy if I don't matter. There can't be truth if I don't matter. And what happens is passive people will be passive generally for a short time. And they'll even say, well, I'll be like Jesus. Jesus was passive. Jesus was not passive. Jesus was assertive, and we'll get to that in a minute. But he wasn't passive. I know that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. But remember in Nazareth when they tried to push him off the cliff? He said, "Huh, uh you're not pushing me off the cliff. It's not time. Okay, so he's not Passive. You're not going to push Jesus around. He knows who he is and if he responds to you, he's going to do it because the father said to do it, okay? Not because you dictated the terms for him. okay? So passive is not okay, but passive a lot of times looks like a victim because passive people tend to get together with aggressive people and it looks like the passive person is a victim, but the passive person is just as selfish as the aggressive person because I didn't tell you what was going on inside of me. And it wasn't because I cared about you. It was because I didn't want to get hurt. I wanted to protect me. And so generally, passive people stay passive for a little while, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an explosion. Because I'm just tired of it. Which is why passive communication doesn't work. Okay, That's the end result. Aggressive communication is the second one. And aggressive is I matter and you don't. Okay, aggressive people are like a T-Rex in the room. They're the loudest person in the room. They talk the most in the room. It's just, I'm going to get you to agree with me. The problem with this is aggressive people and passive people tend to find each other in relationships, especially in marriage. These people tend to find each other because they agree. One of us matters, and one of us doesn't. That's the agreement. But it's dysfunctional. I mean, we look at this, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work for long term. We have to come into this. Now, I may be bent toward aggressive communication, or I may be bent toward passive communication, but I can choose to go against what my feelings are, and I can choose to go against what I naturally would like to do because I want to be in relationship with you. And the only way you and I can be in relationship is if we communicate. If you see what's going on inside of me, and I see what's going on inside of you, unless I have the gift of prophecy, the only way I'm going to know what's going on inside of you is if you tell me. And even if I have the gift of prophecy, you have to confirm that. You know, some people are aggressive prophets. Thus saith the Lord to you. And you're like, "Uh, I don't think the Lord's saying that. I hear the Lord. I know the Lord. (laughs) If the person doesn't confirm it, I don't care what you think you know or heard, it might not be the Lord. I mean, it might be that they're in denial, but don't be an aggressive prophesier. That's just a side note. That wasn't even in my notes. So (laughs) hopefully that was the Lord. The next one, and this is the most dangerous and the most subtle communication style because it's very sophisticated yet very devious it's the passive aggressive I've been there's been a resurgence of the word passive aggressive uh, in our society today and I don't think everything we say is passive aggressive is really passive aggressive but um, maybe that's passive aggressive I don't know (laughs) but this is the style that says you matter no not really this is the person that will agree with you and then they will go out and key your car because you know, I you matter. Whatever you say. Uh, passive-aggressive people will use words like "fine," "whatever." I mean, it it feigns agreement, but you know there's something underlying. You know what I mean? There's a veiled threat there. It's like where you know you say to your spouse, "Hey, do you mind if I uh, go out tonight with my friends?" Sure, go ahead. I mean, I, if you listen to my words, sure, go ahead. But you know, sure, go ahead meant something else. Well, do you want me to stay home? No, do whatever you want. Passive aggressive. If you want them to stay home, communicate that. I would rather you stay home. I was hoping we could spend time. Now, you can't be a control freak and say that every day. But if that's how you're feeling, don't communicate it in another way. By saying, sure, whatever you want, and then going in the kitchen and slamming cupboards. Bam, bam, <laughs> bam, bam, <laughs> bam passive-aggressive, okay? To some extent, all of us use passive-aggressive behavior. Whenever we say yes to someone and we really wanted to say no, okay, that's passive-aggressive. Communicate what's going on, but I don't want people to not like me. I mean, I really, I really want to say yes to that, but I... I need to work on boundaries in my own life, and I don't know that I have the time to commit to that, and uh, I I just don't know. Can I have some time to I mean, instead of just saying yes, because then passive-aggressive people will say yes with no intention of actually following through. I'll just say yes to you to get you off my back. I I won't actually tell you what's going on inside of me in a nice, personal way. I'll just say yes, and then I won't do it passive-aggressive behavior. By the way, sarcastic innuendos mark passive-aggressive behavior. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Um, I know. This is like, I'm like, Lord, this can't be passive-aggressive. Um, sarcasm is a gift from God. It's even in the Bible. Paul used it. Micaiah used it. It's in the Bible. Uh, I use the scripture to, you know, say I can be, I can be like that. Um, but generally there's underlying truth in our sarcasm and that's passive aggressive because it's more acceptable for me to use sarcasm to tell you what's wrong in your life than to just come out and say it. And so I can use that sarcasm as just kind of an acceptable way to, you know, be aggressive in our relationship. Social media, by the way, is this is huge passive aggressive on social media because people will say stuff to you on Facebook that they would never say face to face or will say things about people. On Facebook that if we were actually in a room face-to-face we wouldn't do it at all and so passive-aggressive maybe that's why there's this resurgence of it in our society uh, because of um, social media and how all that works and so could be but one communication style that you and I want to pick up and use is the assertive communication style what assertive is it means you matter and so do I you matter and so do I. So do I. My thoughts matter, your thoughts matter. My feelings matter, your feelings matter. My needs matter, and your needs matter. And we have to learn to communicate what I need in a relationship. Now, just because we're in relationship doesn't mean everything I need, I'm going to get. Because there has to be overlap. There has to be your needs, my needs. And again, communication is about understanding This isn't a conflict resolution day. So all week long, you just just keep saying, okay, now I understand. We'll have to wait till next week to figure out how to do conflict resolution, okay? Let's just understand each other. Let's just start there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it might take more than a week to understand each other, but I feel like you would be able to do conflict resolution better, all of us, if we just understood. Remember the, the video this morning about the dog growling? okay. I couldn't help but think of human relationships in that moment. Because when the dog growled at the guy grabbing his dish, the guy grabbing his dish was just gonna make an adjustment, but the dog saw it as, you're taking my food away. And most of the time in communication, I react to, you're taking my food away, and I don't even understand what you're doing. I don't understand why your hand's on the bowl. And if I don't understand why the hand's on the bowl, we can't go anywhere, and that's called miscommunication, misunderstanding, oh, that, oh, you weren't trying to take my food, I'm, I, am i am sorry, I really reacted like you were trying to take my food, yeah, so you matter, and so do I, we'll talk about boundaries, we'll talk about all those other things, but here is assertive communication in a nutshell, and he really goes over this in the book, but, um, You know, I'll give you a little bit of it here, but when you are going to communicate with someone, the feeling statements, I feel, is how we talk in an assertive communication. And I know it feels weird and it feels awkward, but this is the way to communicate. I feel this. And then you put in an emotion. Okay? Generally, we like to use assertive like this. I feel like you're being a jerk. That wasn't assertive at all, was it? No, that was aggressive or passive-aggressive. I feel sad. I feel unhappy. I feel confused. I feel scared. I feel discouraged. I feel neglected. See, these are emotions. These are things I feel. And so... If you say, I feel like you're being a jerk, I can say, I'm not being a jerk. I feel like you're being sensitive or too sensitive. Mm, 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 mm. Now, if you say, I feel sad, I can't really do anything about that. I can't say, you don't feel sad. <laughs> I mean, I can say I wasn't being a jerk, but I can't tell you you, you don't feel sad because you feel sad. And so when we, we tie in an emotion, if you, can, if you can change the sentence you're about to, to say, With the word, you can take the word "feel" out and put the word "think" in. It's you're not communicating an emotion. I think you're a jerk. I feel like you're a jerk. I think sad. I think discouraged. It doesn't make sense. And so when you're going to say "I feel," if you're going to insert the word "like," be careful. Why does it matter? Because when you start communicating with someone, the last thing you want to do is put them on the defensive. Well, they were just being too sensitive. Really? Did you do everything within your power not to put them on the defensive? Did you try to communicate what was going on inside of you? But every time I communicate to them, oh, they just, they blow up. Well, how do you communicate? I just tell them that they're being a jerk. (laughs) Oh, well, I can't understand why that would make anyone feel, because what you're doing is you're saying your hand is on the dish to take away my food. And the reason I'm getting defensive is that's not why my hand was there. I feel misunderstood. Does that make sense? This happens in all of our relationships. And so learning to hear what the other person is saying, assertiveness and active listening go together. Active listening is in a conversation. After I listen to what you say, before I respond to what you say, I tell you what I heard. Some people say, man, my conversations are going to last forever but if, if I can't respond to what you said if I don't know for sure what you just said. And generally, if I repeat back what I think you said, you have the right then to say, that's not what I said. And then, well, okay, then say it again. Give me another chance. And then until there's an understanding, until the other person feels heard and understood, there can't be any more. I feel like we're in premarital counseling with all of us. <laughs> this is great. Do you feel like that too? Um, and so the goal of communication is to make sure that the defenses do not go up in the other person. Now, here's the thing. You'll, try, you'll tell that story to 10 other people, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, they, they, that person should never have reacted that way. But here's the thing. They did react that way. And talking to 10 other people about why that person reacted that way isn't going to help that person at all. It's just going to make that, those 10 people mad at that person too. And that's what we want to do. I don't want to actually go to the person that I have a problem with. I'd rather just talk to 10 other people and just try to work it out on my own. Yeah, that works. No, that divides the body of Christ. This is relationships. That's why Jesus said, if you have a problem with someone, step one, go to 10 other people and try to work it out. No, go to the person. But I don't want to. That's not how I'm wired. Excuse, 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 excuse. So you're not doing your work. It's not as much as it depends on me. Here's the thing. I know that some people think, well, some people just like conflict or they like, they like confrontation. I don't know a lot of people that like confrontation. I don't like it. Sometimes my heart races. My palms get sweaty. I feel like I say stupid things. I don't like confrontation. But I like connection with people. And the only way to get to connection... Is through confrontation. I know that it's 11:30, but I want to share something with you. I want to share you an email illustration. Um, Some people say that you should never use emails to talk about conflict with someone. You should never use emails. Emails are bad. You can never have a good email. Um, And I found this email illustration. Danny shares it in a teaching that he does, not in the book. I don't believe. But sometimes it's not the email. Sometimes it's the lack of connection. So if you're going to confront someone that you aren't connected with, yeah, email's a bad choice. But if you're connected with someone, an email's an okay thing. But this gives us an illustration, whether email or in person, it helps us understand how to do what we just talked about. So one of Danny's employees, Danny's in Hawaii, and there's a a problem that happened, and his employee, his friend Andy, writes to him, and this is what he says. Hi, Danny. In our team meeting today, talking about the Dream Culture Conference, Jason mentioned that he was doing a wedding on Friday, and Aaron, your assistant, mentioned that you're doing a wedding as well, and a preparation the evening prior. I felt disappointed that you're not going to be at what I believe to be a team event, and even more so to hear it from your assistant. I appreciate that you obviously trust us with this, but I feel abandoned in the battlefield with no communication from headquarters. I'm not sure if these events are yours, ours, or you were nursing it along until you can offload it onto me, but this is no fun. I feel like you have given me the keys to the house of freedom and empowerment, but I still need direction and guidance and shaping to find my way around. Looking forward to how you hear or how you see this. Danny's response. Andy, grow up and stop being a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what it says at all. (laughs) Ah, It's so great. Because remember, this is his boss that he's writing this letter to. How many of you would write uh, an email like that to your boss? Andy, I am sorry that you found out this way. I forgot about the overlap. Poor communication on my part. I did see this as something that you and Janine would primarily carry, and I didn't think I was creating a problem. I'm not wanting you to ever feel abandoned. I'm very much a partner, and I'm very sorry if if you're not feeling that. I have no intention to offload this onto you, but I do expect that your leadership role will increase. We can talk more about this if you need to. I love you and value our partnership. Again, I'm sorry this came down this way. I understand how you would feel shocked and even hurt by my behavior. Please forgive me. P.S. Great feedback. Andy says, Thanks so much for your response, Danny. I'd already forgiven you. I'm also learning to communicate more how I feel, what I need with both you and Janine and also with others. My default has been suppression and silence and that doesn't build intimacy or trust. Thanks for hearing and validating what I feel and not just pointing out my own insecurities and fears. Relationship is important to me. I don't want to accomplish something great with these conferences. I want to build strong relationships along the way. Anthony West said something to me the other day that challenged my alignment. Success in the kingdom is not about accomplishment, but about relationship. I don't want to just build my own thing or build something for you. I want to build something with you. I love you, Andy. Communication. It would have been easy for Danny to point out or to defend himself. It would have been easy for him to say, you know, this is a result of your own insecurities. I recognize you're a passive person. This is just how you're, you're just seeing it this way, so come on over to my side, because my side is better than your side. You'll like my side. You can't change who you are, but you can change how you relate to people. Now, one thing about communication, timing is essential. Tonight, at 6.30, please do not walk into any room and say, honey, we need to talk. Not fair. Not fair at all. And here's the thing. Don't say, honey, we need to talk. And then sit down and blindside them about what you're about to talk about. Give the person you're about to talk to as much time to process what's about to be talked about as you. Because you've been rehearsing this. You're prepared for this. You're about to disclose something that's going on inside of you. And to set the other person at ease, don't just say, could we talk? As a pastor, I get that a lot. Pastor, I'd like to come in and talk. What do you want to talk about? Because sometimes people come in and sit down and say, Pastor, we need to talk about your sermon. <laughs> and it's not about how my sermon made them feel. It's about how my sermon was wrong. And being the great person that I am, I've always responded well to that, that comment. Now instantly I can think of times I was like why did I ever say that like take off your shoe put it in your mouth a little salt with that but here's the thing you want to get put people at ease and so honey we need to talk about a part of our relationship that's causing me some anxiety when's a good time oh maybe next thursday around 4 okay that's not fair either uh, somewhere in the next 24 to 48 hours Let's schedule a time when we can talk. And both of us are coming into this prepared, ready, prayed up, refusing to be defensive, listening. Okay? See how that works? Okay, so we got to set the stage for it. Go ahead and stand with me. I've kept you long enough. We're going to talk more about communication next week. And again, there's a lot in the book that we didn't cover today. But again, the goal of our relationships is connection. Connection. The goal of communication is for me to understand what's going on inside of you. I don't have to agree with what's going on inside of you. I don't have to agree with your take on a situation. But I do have to make sure that you understand that I know what you're feeling. And then we can continue to walk through that situation. And so, Father, I thank you today that you demonstrated all of this in your relationships towards us. You didn't wait for us to come to you. You stepped out and you came to us. You didn't come to condemn us. You didn't come to point out all of our flaws and insecurities and fears. You came to offer love. You loved us even before we loved you. And you knew that your love would cast out fear. So thank you for modeling these same communication styles in the way that you treat us, in the way that you lived out your relationships on earth as a human, in the way that you spoke to your disciples, in the way that you spoke to the Pharisees, God, in the way that you treated people around you. Help us to see these things in our own lives too. Father, I pray for especially those today that are in relationships where there's been no connection or there's not been connection for a long time. Holy Spirit, I pray for grace and strength in the hearts of of both people in that relationship. I pray for a healing to begin to take place of past wounds and hurts. I pray for the power to be able to lay aside offenses and to begin to pursue connection. God, as much as it depends on us, help us to pursue connection with everyone. As much as it depends upon us, help us to communicate connection, love, understanding in our relationships. Holy Spirit, help us to take these principles and apply them to our relationships here on earth. Thank you for the things that you're showing us and teaching us. Help us, because we can't do this in our own strength. Now God, over this congregation today, I pray your blessing. God, I just ask that you would bless this body, that you would keep them. God, that you would cause your face to shine upon them through this week, that you'd turn your countenance towards them. God, that you'd be gracious to them and that you'd give them peace. I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. At the end of our service, our prayer team is always available. If you haven't been prayed for and you want prayer for anything, uh, we're available to you. We want to make that uh, an opportunity for you. If you don't, uh, please just dismiss yourselves quietly, save your visiting for the foyer area, and let this be a place of prayer for those that maybe want a few more moments of prayer before they leave. God bless you as you go today.